0: Brent, Brent, Brent we want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, mm-hmm. we did. Everything everything, everything, everything. Everything is up for discussion, and that's what retch culture is about. It's about a thing. Yeah, I
1: feel good. Waking hands And make shots from the ass. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch Brunch Culture. What up, Brunch Culture listeners? You are tuned in to episode 20. That's right, episode 20 of Brunch Culture. As always, I'm your boy Randall Keith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Miss Lisa Victoria.
0: What's up, y'all? All
1: All right, y'all. We want to first start off by just thanking you guys for listening to Brunch Culture, continuing to support Brunch Culture. You have seen us through to episode twenty. We definitely appreciate all the love and the support, and we ask you guys to just keep sharing, keep downloading, uh, keep interacting with us, and let us know what's going on. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So we like to start off with our weekend review, and we're going to kick it off with some things that happened this weekend. Lisa, let us know what's going on.
0: Yeah, On yesterday, actually, there was a school shooting, which is so sad because year after year, we hear about these school shootings. It was at a high school, a gunman by the name of Jalen Freinberg, who was a student, um, shot. It was six people shot. One of them was Mr. Freinberg. But the actually, two people that were shot were actually his cousins. Um, wow. So, no, yeah. Two were, were his cousins. And it's so crazy because he didn't meet the stereotypical profile we have the school shooters where they're like um kind of no friends loner type. He was popular he had just been voted homecoming prince um he was on the football team, so he he didn't meet the stereotypical school shooter, and so nobody knows really what happened. He's had some disturbing posts on Twitter um according to the news recently, and he had got suspended from school for fighting. Um, Recently, but and his girlfriend broke up with him. So I guess those could be potentially motivators or triggers. um, But we really don't know at this time what happened, and we just know that it wasn't. It doesn't appear to be random targets. All the targets were people he knew um, that he had regular interaction with, his friends and one, one witness says they were actually inseparable, and they went to the school dance together, hung out together, so we don't really know what's the motivator, but we're going to pray for, we're definitely going to have in our prayers the Fryberg family and all his, everybody else who was affected in that school and that town, um, because that's, it's really disheartening and sad that we have. He was so young, and not only did he lose his life, but He contributed to the loss of life and the serious injury of other people. So we definitely want to pray for that high school and keep them in our prayers.
1: Most definitely, most definitely. I think that kind of speaks to just knowing that he didn't fit the profile, but it kind of speaks to people having low low points and not having anybody to talk to, not having, you know, people to kind of bring those things out and focus on those things. You, You kind of see just from what we know now what can happen if you don't have that support system or feel like you have that support system. So that's really rough.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So other things that happened this week on a lighter note, it's a movie that we here at brunch culture has been anticipating for a while. Have really been talking about it. Um, just hyping it up and posting about the trailers. I remember when I first saw the trailer, um, I was pretty shocked that a movie, uh, the title of the movie, but anticipating and looking forward to it coming out but the the film dear white people was actually released uh nationwide yesterday and uh the theaters was pretty packed i know it released in select areas the week before last so a lot of people got into the theaters i want to say from friday to sunday the movie was packed i don't know how much it did at the box office last weekend uh, but i'll definitely be catching looking up to see what happened this weekend. But the movie was released, and a lot of people had some mixed reviews. Uh, there were some people that really loved it, that thought it was great. Some people thought that the previews did not align with what the film actually was. And then you had some people that just had critiques all around. Lisa, what did you think about it?
0: Um, it wasn't as good as I anticipated, but I still enjoyed it. Um, it was just one of those things where I was like, Man, if I would have saw this on Netflix, I would have, you know, I didn't, the anticipation for I wish I hadn't have been that hype about it, because it's kind of yeah. like my expectations were all the way up to the sky, and then it's just like, oh, okay. It was a couple funny moments, but most of the ones were like, ha, ha. It was not like a laugh out loud funny, like they portrayed it, like going at these stereotypes and, you know, killing it with the jokes. Um it was it right. was interesting how they formed it and then at the end I felt like they just left it with a lot of unanswered questions.
1: Right, right. I my my sentiments were definitely the same. I wanna say when they people kept saying it's a satire, the movie itself, the preview itself said that it's a satire on like race issues, race relations, and I don't feel like the film was a satire. I felt like there were definitely there were some funny parts but it wasn't Really, a satire is more serious, and I think they did a good job at showing a couple of stereotypes, pointing a few things out. But definitely, at the end, I want to say one of the major story storylines that was there—they kind of unraveled it and dismantled it without putting it back together. And I was telling a friend of mine, I don't know if I wasn't if I wasn't black that I would get the things that they were trying to say with some of the characters, I felt like they would make a lot of blanket state. I mean, they would make a lot of statements, state a lot of truth, say a lot of things that people think and believe, but just kind of leave them there, you know? And so I was like, yeah. uh... But I did appreciate uh, having a film that was socially conscious, having a film that was reminiscent of the Spike Lee days when we had films that were, Kate- that put out, information and, and and basically put things in our face and made us think and so i think with the, the movie if by the title not alone it'll start some discussions and have get people to talking which i think is always a good thing you know us here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion so we love people to talk so i feel like you know dear white people when you say it in the in the crowded room people are like Well, there's a lot of people that when i went back and kind of mentioned it to a couple people that i was going to see it this week People were like, you're going to see what? You're going to see what? Dear white people, that's so racist. That's so offensive. And I think it just kind of starts the the conversation. So I think it was good in that regard.
0: Yeah. And I like the purple drink uh, um, input in it. The
1: whole You would like the purple drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the one
1: that's telling people to stop drinking for half an hour. <laughs> like, <"What's> the drink?
0: <laughs> I just feel like it's just so funny because it's like apparently white people think that all black people like purple drinks. And I don't like purple drinks, so it's just
1: <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs>
0: So
1: <laughs> moving on into our today's main topic, we wanna to talk about independent women. This is something that there is a, a huge push and a, it's a a badge of honor for women today to be independent to be independent and to be independent women. You have uh a uh, Destiny Shaw, I wanna say in two thousand and one came out with the independent woman song and it became an anthem for women. And later on, um, in the 2000s, there's a rap song by uh, uh, Lil Boosie, "Independent Women," that was a, a whole nother new anthem uh, for people to just get get hyped within in the club. So there's this huge push for independent women, right? Um, mm-hmm. we want to talk about independent women and it being a threat to relationships. We have this push for independent women, but we also have a lot of women say. Men are intimidated by their success. Um, statistically, the more educated a woman gets, the less likely she is to get married. So that shows a direct correlation between uh, this push, this kind of uh, distance between women that are successful and powerful and strong, and them being able to find a mate. So we pose the question: Are independent women a threat to relationships? Lisa, what you think?
0: Um, you know, I don't consider myself the the typical independent woman. Say that with quotes around it. Um, because you know, I'm I'm working really hard for my graduate degree, but I mean, the first opportunity that arises where I can become a housewife, I'm probably gonna take it. The- <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa just killed. Every feminist <laughs> movement.
1: Ow. Really? What the?
0: <laughs> wow, Lisa! Wow. Lisa. <laughs> um, no, but I get it. Uh, my uh, my male best friend always says that he has an issue with women who want you to be chivalrous but want to be independent at the same time, and he doesn't feel like you can have it. Both ways, he feels like if you want him to pay for everything, then you need to be a little bit more submissive in that regard. But I think we have to really define the terms. What are we saying when we say independent? Because for some, independent might just mean that I'm financially stable, and so. But in this day, independent has taken on this whole feminine connotation, but. In my mind, when I think of an independent woman, I think of somebody who has good, solid self-esteem, knows her worth, financially stable. Um, that could be with a college degree or without it, because there are some women without a college degree that's independent as far as financially stable, and they just have a good job. So what are we saying when we define independent? To me, that's that's what I say independent is. Now, whether that is a relationship killer, I don't think so. I think sometimes men are intimidated by that if they don't have a good job or if they're not secure themselves. Right. Um, but what I think society defines independent women as this kind of like lion that roars. <laughs> um, but I think you can maintain your independence, maintain your femininity, and still be dependent in a sense, or not dependent, submissive, um is that submissive word. A
1: lot of women don't like don't,
0: that word. And I don't mean submissive in a way where you like, Oh my gosh, what do you like, can I breathe today? Like <laughs> just being able to follow male leadership if that's who your spouse is gonna be. Um, but to me, again, I have to state my presupposition. I grew up in a family where my dad was the provider my mom was a housewife and it was me and my brothers. So I'm used to that. I'm used to seeing that. That's normal to me. So I don't have a problem submitting to male leadership. Now that's not everybody's story. So exactly. mine is gonna be a little bit different. I don't I didn't see my dad abuse that authority. So therefore I don't some people do abuse it, but I didn't see it like that. So it to me is normal for the husband to lead and the woman to submit to him. So, but again, that's not everybody's story. Therefore, we have this problem with independent mean relationship killers.
1: Right, and I think so. You, you kind of, you, you mentioned a couple points in your talk. Um, I think you mentioned the fact that you. Did grow up in a house where you saw a man lead and you saw your mom be able to, she's a housewife, but her be able to establish her role and establish her power and her influence and you saw that work together. I think today we have a lot of situations where, you know, we talked before about the issues of mending raised without their dads, um, or it's people in general, but I know specifically we we pointed out men, but we hadn't really talked about how that looks for a woman. And I think that's one of the things that when you see uh, you're raised by a single mother and you see her just be strong and independent and you strive to that. And you also spoke to today that is, it's a thing for a woman to be independent, and that usually means that she doesn't need a man in any way and she just it almost sets the stage for her wanting to be alone um i think one thing just to be brutally honest when you start to think about a woman being extremely uh independent something that doesn't follow two words is her being uh as you said a lower a a roaring lion or something that starts with a b and ends with itch like (laughs) (laughs) That's no, seriously. That's what people. That's the perception that people have. And so there's almost like no middle ground. I think the middle ground that you that you explained as a woman being financially stable, you know, being able to secure her own, but also appreciating the leadership of a man and appreciating the role that is ideal. And I think we promote independent women, whether it's the the messenger or the message. Some way it gets confused and women think that, well, in order for me to be an independent woman, I have to be, I have to give off this persona and this perception that I absolutely don't need a man. And when you do that, you tell men that you, you don't want us. And so one thing about men, and if if you haven't noticed, if women haven't noticed, we have pride. It's natural. It's innate. It's in us. We have to feel needed. So, if I don't feel needed, if I feel like I'm with you and you absolutely don't need me, then why would I be here? You know, like it. Yeah. it,
0: it and that's it why I made pay for dinner because I them to feel needed. <laughs> I them to feel needed. so,
1: <laughs> I, so you, you? And and that's that's all we good for though. We're we're only good for paying for <laughs> dinner. So No, but you know, I'm just
0: saying, as a as a me, I really know you want to just need it. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, let me help you. You can me just
1: pay for all my meals. <laughs> Although I just met you last Tuesday, <laughs> and you're paying student loans off. You just finished your master's degree. You're trying to be somebody, and Bill, pay for all my meals. And I don't eat at McDonald's. I don't eat at Wendy's. I don't eat at <laughs> TGI Fridays. Oh, I want to go to the Capitol Grill. Take me to root Chris. You got to wine and dine me while you pay your student loans. Absolutely not. I'd rather not be needed. <laughs>
0: Anyways, that's not even every day. That's a one day a week. I'm just trying to help men feel needed. I'm right here doing my due diligence.
1: <laughs> People this is what do. you have to do as a woman, right? so on this independent woman tip i think what your friend what your best friend mentioned is really true I, i argue this all the time with people i think you know with the feminist movement i'm support i support you know women being able to take care of themselves i'm a firm believer that a woman can get in and and do the job can do any job just like a man can. I do believe in that. And that's because I was raised by a single mother and I saw her do that. I saw my mom uh, change a tire. She was one of the people that reinforced, this is how you change the tire. This is how you get, my mom knows how to change like her own oil. My mom is that woman that's like, I have to be every woman and try to do everything because it is just me. And there are three of you. So I believe in that, that I think when we start to look at it and say, hey, you know, this with with this this feminist push and with this strength of a woman, we also have to understand the place that that movement and that push will will put a man. People say, oh, chivalry is dead and it's so horrible and yada, yada, yada. But guys, what you don't realize is back in the day, men had to be chivalrous because Women didn't have jobs and women that did have jobs did not receive nowhere near equal pay as a man. so she was unable, unable, incapable of taking care of herself. She was incapable of being able to go out and pay for her own just because systematically opportunities weren't there for her. So men did have to cover the bill. Men did have to go and do all this stuff. But in today's time, That's not the situation that we face. And, again, I'm not here saying that you should just go out with a dude and pay for him. Absolutely not. I'm a firm believer that if he can't pay for you, he at least needs to be able to pay for himself. You pay for yourself. Y'all call it a meet up and have have it, have it. But first date, yeah, require him. He's taking you out. He's getting your company. Let him pay for the date. Let him impress you. But you have to be realistic today and understand that if this man is going somewhere, and he's all just spinning and blowing all his money up on you. It's not something that can happen and I think that there are, so are you a saying big,
0: are you saying that people can't can't have it both they can't have independence and have a man who's super chivalrous?
1: I don't think the two can exist completely. I think you have to you can be independent from the standpoint of when it comes to me. I can take care of me. I can purchase my own car, uh, get myself a gift, take myself on a trip, you know, run a boardroom meeting. I am able to do that. But I need – if a man comes in, there are certain things I have to allow him to be able to do in my life in order for this thing to work. So whether that he – sends you flowers, or he comes and picks, picks you up and he drives, or he takes he takes the lead in terms of planning out the next date, or planning out your trip together, or planning that, like, you have to allow him to be needed. If you don't allow him to be needed, naturally, it's not from a he just wants to be grimy and malicious. Naturally, when a woman comes along that claps that's his cheerleader that claps for him, that pats him on the back, that allows him to be that man, that's where he's gonna wanna be. We have this natural and I, I really outside of saying that is natural and it's just in us, I don't really know how to describe it because I know it's something that I saw my dad have. Um it's something that I have. It's something that I know my brother has. It's we just have this we like this feeling of being needed. We like to get in and solve the problem. I tell everybody, most of my friends, Lisa, you know this, I'm a solution, solutions-based guy. Like, if you come to me with a problem, my mind starts to work to figure out a solution. So I'm trying to figure out a solution to this problem. So if a woman comes to me and she has needs or I feel that she has a need or I see a need, I want to feel that. If she blocks me from feeling that need, what am I supposed to do? Just sit back and be like, oh, yeah, well, she has all these problems, but, uh... Yeah, I'm not doing nothing about it. You know, it's it. I feel like, but I, but
0: I, from what I've seen in <clears throat> counseling women and listening to women's problems that grew up without a father, it's the fact that they don't want to trust a man with their heart, but from at the same time they want a man to have their heart. They want a protection. They want a leader, but they don't trust. It in a man, so it's like they're fighting against something that they want, trying to protect themselves to get what they want, and it makes no sense. But it's it's how you process the information.
1: Right. I think that's and I think that's even that's even interesting to point out as well. But it seems I feel like for the most part, though, for for many women. I don't know. I think it's almost just kind of a – it becomes competitive today. I feel like it's just this not so much that I don't want to trust you, but I want you to know that I am just as good as you. Almost I have to do it to prove to you that I'm just as good as you. And I think, you know, our society, that's something that we promote today. And, again, I'm not knocking, you know, the feminist movement because I am – i don't I wouldn't say that my mom is a feminist, but I definitely think that the work that she did to get to raise me and to get me to where I am that's proof of she's evidence of this feminist movement she's evidence of a woman stepping up and showing that i i have i can because I have to um and I will do it, so I can't knock it in that regard, but I think some women are just kind of just in a position of. I just want to do this, so you know, and the world knows that I'm an independent woman that I can just do this and it's It's one of those things that's like, well, when you think about it, that mindset is what separates the two like the two can't work together if we are both in competition with one another at all times. Now, I think that they're from a from the group of men that are intimidated, I think if you don't have your own things going on. A powerful woman, a, a vocal woman, a woman that is striving and working hard and doing good, I think she's extremely intimidating. I, uh, one of my, my friends <laughs> pitched to me uh, that we, we look at this – when you look at powerful – when you look at relationships and you look at there being one successful person, it's usually a very, very successful man and a woman that really doesn't have an identity outside of him or a very, very successful woman and a a man that is not as proud of himself, that's not doing as much and that's kind of seen as by society as what is he doing, why are you with him? He's a deadbeat. Rarely do you see the two couples extremely great at what they both do, really, really working hard together and combining each other. And and we start start just start, start to consider what is that? Is that that in the, the male, the successful woman, not successful male situation, is, does a guy lack ambition? Or is he literally just intimidated by her? And what things could a woman potentially be doing that's adding to that? Like when we look at the independent woman, can a woman potentially do things, say things, act a certain way, treat a man a certain way that makes him not want to be there?
0: Um. I think the problem when it comes to power couples is that sometimes when it depends on if they're in the same arena. I think that's like we we have like, like Jay-Z and Beyonce, right? Correct. Right. They're, they're, it's rare because they're in the same arena, in the same music arena. I've seen power couples work well when they both are in two different arenas like you have an engineer and a doctor and they're both thriving and the other person's success really is not their success does that make sense i sure. think when y'all have the same exact goals then it becomes a problem if the woman actually reaches them before the man because then he might feel inferior and it it could it could not be that she's a strong independent woman the roaring lion in that sense but it's just a personal insecurity. Right. So therefore, I think power couples work well when the two are not in the same arena, but they're still doing well in their individual fields. And I think that's that's not competing.
1: Right. I think it's a good. I think it's, that's a good. That's a good way to look at it. So, what do we do? What do we say about the people that occupy? Similar arenas, and I think when we look at arena, just have to say as professionals, I think for the most part, you know, we can look at people that, you know, maybe a a doctor and a lawyer, and they don't, they aren't fighting for the same things. But what about people that are just if you are an average, normal, I don't want to say average, but you're a professional, you're fighting and you're for a role in the professional business role, um, whatever that may be. How do those two people work together and get past this? She has to be completely independent, and he has to either allow her to just be independent and do his own thing but or be able to sit in and support her and be along for that ride.
0: I think the only way you can get over because at the core is jealousy. I don't think the the only way you can be able to get over jealousy is to admit you're jealous. I, Truth. I, there are so many people I talk to that are in denial about their own jealousy. So you'll never get past something you can't admit. That's a problem. And so the only way to get over it is to say, "Hey, you know, babe, I really I'm I'm jealous of you." And that doesn't mean that the relationship has to end, but if you know that's a problem, you confront it like any other issue head on. And it takes swallowing your pride. And really it's like, "Do I want this relationship?" Or do I want my pride? And at the end of the day, you have to decide, okay, if I want this relationship, I got to swallow my pride, have a heart-to-heart and say, you know what? I'm jealous of you. And it puts me in competition, and I don't want us to be at competition because I love you. Right. And you that's the only way you're going to be able to solve it. You can't solve it with any other strategy but being honest and admitting the problem.
1: That it takes a lot. That takes <laughs> a guy to really be – a real man and be able to really admit and express and talk about his feelings and emotions, which is a challenge for many of us. And I, I also think there are things that a woman in that situation can do to help promote and to foster that type of thing. You know, admit times that she may think that he does something better than her. Admit, you know, kind of create this space and this this sense of, there's comfort and security in you coming to talk to me and I am not going to down you. I'm going to understand that I am doing, you know, great and my my career is just rocketing to the through the roof. And I understand that your career you may not even be doing bad. You just don't have the amount of push and praise that I have. So Let me acknowledge that fact. Let me let you know that with all of this, I appreciate you being here. With all me going through all of this, your support and your love is what pushes me to be here. I'm bringing you along for the ride. I'm allowing you to lead in that way. Uh, And I think that type of thing is just something that, and I'm I'm sure there will be people that argue, well, she shouldn't have to do it. Go
0: ahead. I I think, you know. Men have egos, and that's just the reality of it. You're not going to change it by talking them out of it. So, I mean, celebrate them. And I think that it, it, the key is if you're going to win a man over, you have to celebrate his victory. You have right. to. Like, even right. though you're thriving, you have to say, babe, I'm really proud of you. I think you're doing amazing. Like, you're going to encourage him and push him. So therefore, he's like he feels like you're still behind him, and you're still pushing him forward, and you're still saying you're going to be great. And I know I'm. People think I'm great, but you know, you add to my greatness. Right.
1: And yeah. I think I think that goes both ways. I think just as it's the responsibility of the woman to do it, it's definitely the responsibility of the man. But I think you pointed out a really good, uh, really good point of men having to be honest and upfront about how they feel when that jealousy hits and that is a whole different conversation that we can have about men being able to talk about our feelings and our emotions and something that we aren't allowed to do all the time. Society doesn't allow us to do it. Oftentimes women, our women don't allow us to do it. They see expressing feelings and emotion, anything outside of being super uh, macho or having sex is an emotion that men shouldn't have and I think that's why we start to have some of these problems when it comes to facing independent women.
0: Yeah, because you can not have a successful relationship if you're not open and transparent about your feelings.
1: Right. Most no definitely. matter what they are. Most definitely. So you guys let us know what you think about this independent woman thing. I think this is a a real a real big issue. Uh I think as we see in young professional world as relationships go. I think, you know, it seems like we're fighting, women are fighting for equality, but at the same time uh, a part of that, just the way that society puts it together and frames it, it makes for a separation between relationships. So let us know what you think. Hit us up with BC and let us know what you think about independent women and are men jealous or intimidated or are women just being super hard and, and pushing men away? Let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah, but now we're going to move on to our random topic.
1: Random topic.
0: So today's random topic is a case of, um, I don't even know, stupidity. Uh, <laughs>
1: stupidity. <laughs> man, yeah, stupidity, dumpidity.
0: Stupidity. Yeah, a Georgia man texts his probation officer about getting weed. Um, Alvin Cross Jr. apparently mistakenly texts his probation officer about marijuana, according to the news station, WALB. The probation officer received a text from Mr. Cross that said, you have some weed. Cross was home, raided by police shortly thereafter. During the raid, police found a bag of cocaine. He pleaded guilty to possession of cocaine on Monday and he was sentenced to one year in prison for possession of cocaine and sentenced to another year in prison for violating the terms of his parole. So he accidentally sent the text to the wrong person. Sir, you just lost two years for a super text. Yeah. Um, I just, like, if you're on probation, can we just chill? Like, just kind of not have cocaine and weed? Um, at all?
1: <laughs> I see, I think you're asking for too much, Lisa. I think, you know, this man, they shouldn't have just came to raid his house. He should have just realized that, you know, if he wasn't texting the right person. That wasn't meant for me. Clearly, I'm not his lead, man. So I should just, you know, if I don't see him on it, but if I don't catch him, I should just let it go.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Then the parole
0: <laughs> officer should be fired. But, listen, you know. I know we all accidentally send the wrong text. If you got an iPhone, it shouldn't be that hard anymore. Um, yeah,
1: you got to be real mindful. You have to be yeah. real mindful. Like if I'm if I'm on parole and I'm still doing some stuff that's illegal, I probably would you know have some.
0: But he could have been on cocaine, though. You know, um, he already had it in his possession.
1: Yeah, been on awesome. Let's just add him to the list of dumb criminals. That's, that's what we do. Like, if that's the, that's the best we can do for old boy. Adam to the world's dumbest criminals. I texted my parole officer to get some weed, and now I'm back in jail. Smart, smart move. What you in for oh text my parole officer that I needed some weed, and now I'm back? Yeah, bruh. Not the best thing. <laughs> Not the best thing at all. <laughs> Well, guys, we want to we wanna take you into, uh, just give you guys a professional tip for the week. Uh, very, very quick, very short. This is something that's really simple that you guys, might, I'm sure you guys know and have been told, but it's something that we have to be mindful of. I think in our professional roles, we can get relaxed. We can get used to, you know, people thinking that we're on top of our game and thinking that, you know, we are just the stars. Sometimes we get lax, and the easiest way to do that is with time. And one of the things I just want to say is know that if you are on time, you are late. If you get to an event at five o'clock and the call time was five o'clock, you are late. You need to be there at minimum 15 minutes early. But I started this thing of setting myself with being there 30 minutes before the, before the time that I need to be there. That gives me an opportunity to come in there, see who else is there, wind down or wind up to prepare to do whatever. If I'm giving a talk or, or, a presentation, I need to be there to set up. I'm able to socialize and make connections and talk to the people that are there early as well. And that makes me look better. So that's something I think as young professionals, sometimes we can get relaxed in doing, especially when we've been in a role for a, a, a number of years, for some time, and we're comfortable with our environment we get complacent, and that's one of the things that can can make us miss opportunities and hold us back. So challenge yourself this week, whatever time you have to be to work, challenge yourself this week to get there 30 minutes before or at least 15 minutes before, and if you're not there 15 minutes before, consider yourself late.
0: Yes. And we want to leave you guys with the quote of the week. This week's quote is, voting is an expression of our commitment to ourselves, one another, this country and this world, by Sarah Satzberg. Yeah, it's important. The elections are coming up, um, and I know and some people don't consider these elections important. But I know Florida has a governor race. We're both running and both from Florida. We have an important governor race coming up. We have other midterm elections coming up, so definitely get out and vote because this is very, very important. You can't, you don't get the right to complain if you haven't exercised your right to vote.
1: Exactly. And if you know push this in your circles. I think I've already gotten my ballot for uh for to vote by mail. If you your friends, bring this up in your conversations. Call your mom, call your cousin, call your auntie. those people that you expect to vote. I had one of my friends text me the other day and ask me about uh getting a absentee ballot from Florida. And she was like, I was like, oh, you know, I apologize. I just assumed that you would know. And she was like, you know, I know, but it's something just in the run of me doing everything from school and work and everything. I just forgot about it. So push it out there. You are responsible for the people around you. So make sure you get out there and vote. And, guys, we want to thank you again for listening to Episode 20 of Brunch Culture. Make sure you follow us on social media. Use the hashtag ChatBC. Follow us on Twitter at Brunch Culture, on Instagram at brunch underscore culture. Look us up on Facebook and like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash All of our social media and our episodes are at our web on our website at www.brunchculturedc.com. That's www.brunchculturedc.com. Let us know what you think about this episode. Hit us up with things you want to know. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.